That's the sound of me prepping the grill with Reynolds Wrap. And the sound of me not doing dishes. And the sound of me spending more time outside with my family. Easy prep, cook, and clean. Make time with Reynolds Wrap. I like the sound of that. Mother's Day is coming. And if you don't get mom the perfect gift, she won't be angry. Just disappointed. So go with drinks from Drizzly, the go-to app for alcohol delivery. Send favorites near, far, or to wherever the moms in your life are. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get the best drinks to the best moms and plenty of time for Mother's Day. Ding dong, it's Drizzly. Must be 21 plus. Not available in all locations. Well, this will be a fun episode, Noah. Um, Yeah. yeah. So this is something new, I think, that we're going to try and do a little more often, maybe once a month, where you and I kind of shoot the shit and catch up from the past couple weeks. Because I feel like the podcast for New Evangelicals is, is, it's great. I mean, I enjoy interviewing guests. I really like that. But also, I do miss kind of having conversations about like what's currently happening in our evangelical bubble um, in a more conversational way. So I'm glad to have you available to do this. I think it, it should be a good time. So so thanks for making the time, I guess, and, and making it happen. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Being a, a part of the podcast, it always sparks so many thoughts. It makes me want to have more conversations around it. So I'm, I'm really excited that this is happening and uh, we get to do it. Yeah. And I think that the audience might enjoy a different kind of format every now and then where it's not so much you know, me asking all the questions, but more dialogue, more conversation about just things that we're thinking about and things that we are are talking about on the Instagram or on the Facebook community. Um, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. So this is kind of, th- this will be released on a Monday. We're recording it the Friday prior. So really close to that, which means that I'm about to end uh, paternity leave. So I've, I've been away from New Evangelicals for two weeks, which has been really weird. And I'm also sick. I have some kind of like I got some kind of flu thing on Tuesday and it it has progressed and now it's in my head and my left ear is all clogged up which Ooh. is really annoying cuz as a musician mm-hmm. I don't like feeling that I can't hear well out of one ear and oh, I yeah. have I have a show tonight and then I'm playing tomorrow in Queens so I'm just kind of dreading you know having like a it feels almost like like a pillow is is, is inside my ear and it, uh-huh. it's just bugging me so that's yep. my update right now <laughs> Lots of steam. That's the only thing that works for me there. But yeah, yeah, because yeah, I because I mix all yeah. day, man. Like if my ears aren't sharp, I'm in a panic. Right. So exactly. I, I hear you. Right. Like I, I I feel like for people who aren't in the music world, you know, you don't you you might not think about your ears a whole lot. But for me, like sometimes in my left ear, I get I get like like a crackling distortion sound, and I've mm-hmm. got it checked out before. The doctor said it's not a big deal. It's just like it's just how your bones vibrate. But it, it if her at first it drove me crazy, and I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going deaf? Am I gonna lose hearing? Because I value <laughs> yeah. my ears because I use them in a lot of ways, even podcasting to monitor myself to make sure. a living. So anyway, I'm currently suffering through that, just praying that 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 this ends sometime soon because I, I want both of my eardrums back for crying out loud. <laughs> totally get it. <laughs> anyway, so I wanted to know, um, for you, Noah, you ran, along with Krista and Hope, the New Evangelicals account for the past two weeks on, on Instagram. What yeah. was that like for you? I mean, what are some of your thoughts, you know, being on the back end of running the account? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing was just the gratitude of it, honestly, in the sense of the the conversations I was able to have with people were just so rewarding. And particularly the thing that I was focused on the, the first week is for anyone that wasn't a, a part of the Instagram account that week uh, was we talked a lot about the theology of hell and some of the different ideas that have popped up in church history about what does that act that was that word actually mean, right? Because we see this word in our yes. English Bible and we impose a lot of symbolism and imagery on it um, that's maybe been handed to us culturally or through the church or through a mix of both. And then we end up with this really distorted view of something. And so kind of the the purpose of what I was doing this past week was to kind of just invite people into the process of saying, what if we look at these things in their original lingual and cultural context? You know, what if we look at them in the way that they were being interpreted by the early church? And yeah. here's some different perspectives to be able to 
just process these topics differently because there's so much um, hurt, so many wounds in in the Christian community around this topic specifically, um, and people that have been damaged by what what I believe is bad theology surrounding it. And so, it was it was just an incredible experience that way to be able to to have those conversations with people and to get that feedback of. Um, just hearing people's stories. And that's really my favorite thing about what we're doing here in general with the New Evangelicals is just giving people the opportunity to share their stories. I would so much rather just step back and let other people share. And the amount of, of DMs that we got just flooding and the comments over that week of people sharing, yes, this was my experience. This is how this theology I was handed is actually, you know, a roadblock in my relationship with God or or how it's, you know, caused me to to see other people maybe in a light that's not healthy. Uh, just so many stories and um, had, had people reaching out. I had one person who is now I've, I hope to consider a friend <laughs> that reached out from Turkey um, that is in the Eastern Orthodox church there. And I just got blasted with like a book's worth of information from him. And it was amazing about just different perspectives on some of these topics and some of the things we can learn when we step outside of our own little community bubbles. Um, when we ask these questions and, you know, begin to be exposed to the, just the depth of, of the conversation when we hit the global and the historical scale. Yeah. I, I, the hell one always, the hell, the hell conversation is probably one of the things that I'm most frustrated about my own evangelical heritage with. Sure. Um, because I was just taught that, you know, the only option for any true Christian is that if you don't pray the prayer and receive Jesus, you're just going to burn forever. I mean, that that's that's what the Bible clearly teaches. And, <laughs> you know, it's just so, it's so fascinating because that's also a critique that we get. And it's a critique that I hear from people who love to use the word progressive Christians, right? They'll be like, sure. oh, well, you know, those progressives, like they don't, they don't even believe in hell. It's like, what? Like, just because maybe we don't, we no longer accept eternal conscious torment doesn't mean that, that we don't have other valid ways of viewing heaven and hell in inside of an orthodox Christian framework. So I'm glad that, that that you unpack some of that because I think a lot of people, again, when, it, when it's all you know, you're just trained to think that anything outside of this view is not Christian. But in reality, like you said, Noah, there's, there's all kinds of other uh, church branches, Eastern Orthodox, et cetera, that have many other ways of viewing uh, how heaven and hell work, you know? And and uh, I, I'm, I'm just convinced more and more that 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 I was never, not never, but I, I was not taught much humility with, with, when, when it comes mm. to these kinds of topics. I was taught absolutism, you know? Yeah. I was taught that, no, this is the answer. This is the answer. And anything outside of that is just liberalism or it's the world. But in reality, like, no, there, there, there's other ways of viewing it. So anyway, I thought you did a great job. I mean, I enjoyed the reels myself. I, I, I got a chance to check them out on my personal account. So I'm glad that you had, you know, a good time, you know, being behind the scenes because it is a lot as I'm sure you saw, you get a lot of DMs. People want to talk yeah. and, you know, they'll send you stuff. But it is rewarding because when people give you that feedback of like, this has helped me, it's like, well, then it's, yeah. it's completely worth yeah, it. All yeah. the work is worth it. I had um, I had one person share with me about um, just the the pain that they'd had to, to live their life going through because their son had committed suicide at a young age and the, the things that they had been told in their church context about what that meant about his eternal destiny, just wow. at, in a very absolute sense. Wow. Um, and, um, and, and again, like, I think I've said this, but my, my intention isn't to convince people to come to my perspective, but it's more just to welcome, to open up a window. Right. And to say there's, there's more than one way of maybe asking these questions. Yeah. And um, how that had a had like a really meaningful impact on her life because um, it, it was just yeah, like a breath of fresh air to say that maybe there's hope beyond some of this language and some of these boxes that I've been given. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It's it's a I think it's a beautiful thing when we're able to to do that, you know, as people. I was going to say as the church, but I think just even as people in general, yeah. um, that we're able to say that there's there's more here, that there's nuance in the world, and that there is th that that should be valued. That kind of conversation around the nuance and recognizing that sometimes there is some beauty in not having absolute answers to everything, because it, it forces us to insulate ourselves in in ways that I think causes maybe more harm than good in the long run. 
Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. So, you know, you know being away from from social media, really the New Evangelicals account, like I, I even logged out for the past two weeks, which for me was like tough to do. But, yeah. you know, I love this work. So, you, of course, I'm still thinking about things. I still have things that I want to say. Um, and so I ended up, I, I, I've been reflecting because this month is the one-year mark since I've uh, no longer been a part of the evangelical church. It's it's been a full year in about a week from now, and I've been like kind of thinking about that. You know, like, okay, wow, it's been a year since I've since, since I've stopped or I was you know asked to leave uh, being on a worship team, and I had all these thoughts. So I I typed them out and I, I refined it and I posted it on Facebook. And one of the things that I did say was that you know I, I I'm all done like being obsessed with having the absolute right answers to everything. And honestly, I feel like it's kind of a fool's errand, right? I mean, here's the thing. What I'm not saying, and I think you would agree with me, Noah, is that is is that everything is relative, and that there are no answers to anything. That is not what we're saying. Right. But not what at I, all. But but what I'm not saying is that is that the the answers I were given are the only answers to some of these questions, right? Yeah. And so it's like it's a weird tension. Maybe it's even kind of a paradox because I I don't think that all truth is relative. I do believe that that God is ultimate reality. Therefore, God is is ultimate truth. Sure. But the the idea that me singular as a human can know that absolute truth you know um or have the right interpretation of the bible that leads me to all the the right absolute truths i just find silly especially as you start reading and listening to people throughout church history and, and including even today like you know we interview a wide array of people as you know a yeah. wide array yeah and they don't see things eye to eye, but they can make compelling cases for the for their perspective. How do you how do you even decipher which <laughs> which one of those is the absolute truth and which one isn't? Right. And so I just yeah. feel like like that that kind of quest, maybe for me, I was I used to be obsessed with. I was so mm-hmm. paranoid with, uh, with with like having the right belief. And you know, A. W. Tozer's book uh, Knowledge of the Holy, he makes the point that even having the wrong thought life about God is idolatry, and that always yeah. stuck with me. Like, wow, even thinking about God the wrong way means I'm worshiping a false god, you know. And I, 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 I get the point of what he's saying, but when I read that, it really impacted me, maybe in a negative way, where I became obsessed with like what's true, what is absolutely true about the Bible, and the yeah. reality is like. It's just complicated, man. Like, it's just not that yeah. simple. It just isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think that, and, and you said it earlier, but the word humility is the one that just keeps coming back to me in these conversations. And the, the thing that I have been forced kicking and screaming into <laughs> over the past couple of years of my own life, because I grew up kind of similar to you probably in a, a culture that was very, very hyper fixated on certainty and having all the right answers. And if you had a question, you just needed to read the right um, Lee Strobel book, yeah. right? Or just, and, yeah. and everything goes away. Exactly. It's just all fixed, problem solved. The case for Christ, there's your answer, yeah, you yeah, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the right Ravi Zacharias interview or whatever. And right, you know, obviously right. there's some issues with that now, but right, right. That, that quest for certainty just started with presumptions it like and that was the frustration when i started coming to these things again in more recent years is that even even those arguments that we hear in sort of the apologetic world um, and this isn't a creek of apologetic critique of apologetics in general but just to say that anytime we make definitive statements we're basing that off of some kind of presupposition and so it's a difficult thing when we come to approach some of these questions with we're going to find the absolute answer to this and then we're just going to teach it back and everybody's going to start repeating it and then yes. we don't need to worry anymore cuz problem solved case closed yes because what 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 they're doing is they're ta- cuz i hear this all the time they go well we know absolute truth exists you know 2 plus 2 equals 4 yeah sure. but to, but to take a mathematic approach to the bible doesn't work cuz the yeah. bible is not a mathematic book you know what i yeah. mean like like that that's the problem is 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 you have to take things for what they're trying to be. And the Bible yeah. is not trying to be a modern science mathematic history book. It's it's yeah. not it's just not designed that way. Yeah. And so I and, and you know one of the analogies I use is I tell people like listen, in academic circles, right? No one is really debating if the earth is flat or not. 
Like, like sure. there are, you're, you're not going to see distinguished professor so-and-so who's given his life work to prove why the earth is flat. And here's a serious scholarly debate. And here's his <laughs> entry into the academic journal of blah, 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 blah. Yeah. No, because, because we, we, can, uh, we can objectively verify that the earth is not flat, it's round. Sure. But there is a reason why you have a whole world of scholarship that debates the Bible and how to interpret it and yeah. where it came from and why and how it was formed because you can't objectively verify it. It's, it's, it's not how, it, that isn't how it works, right? Yeah. And so it's like, we have to be just, we have to be willing to acknowledge that. Like there's a reason why you can find anyone who will disagree with someone else in any, in any realm of, of theology, especially in yeah. Christian thought. You know, sure. and so I feel like once once people come around to that, then it kind of frees us to go to to go from in, instead of being freaked out about having the wrong belief, instead we're able to have more of an explorer attitude. Like, whoa, yeah. Well, if it's not a matter of like you know either I burn alive forever or I float up to the clouds forever, maybe it's a little more nuanced than that. Then I'm kind of free to explore these other ways of viewing the Christian tradition that maybe I wasn't exposed to yeah. and understanding and, and realizing how deep some of these roots go, deeper than even my own tradition, right? Yeah. Deeper than even yeah. my, my own theology. And I think that's when when it becomes, I think that's when the term deconstructing or whatever you want to call it, goes from I'm scared, I'm anxious to this is freeing and I love doing it, yeah, right? I mean, that was definitely. a shift for me. I mean, I was certainly freaked out in the beginning, and sometimes yeah. I still kind of am. But but the more I do it, the more I'm like, actually, this world is so vast. Why why won't I want? Why don't I want to explore it? I, yeah. I, I have to explore it because there's so much happening. Yeah, definitely. And I, I love the way that Pete Enns phrases that, where he talks about it being our sacred duty to continue to ask the questions and to wrestle with the text, and yes. that that's. You know, what I was, what I received growing up is that if you have these questions, it's out of faithlessness to the text and the tradition. But what I'm coming around to see is that it's actually the opposite. It's, it's the, the act of faithfulness to this thing that we've been handed down to continue to ask those questions, to continue to dive into the different perspectives and, and the actual depth in this conversation. Because if we really believe in a God that transcends our boxes and our language, then we should continue the pursuit of knowledge of God with that kind of humility in mind. Yeah, I totally agree yeah. with you. Yeah, I mean, that that is part of what the church has been doing for 2,000 years. And that's also why there are so many different main, or I, I should say big divides, you know, Catholic from Eastern sure. Orthodox, and even bigger ones, or, or other ones that are just as big. And also why we have so many denominations, right? Because yeah. the conversations, they don't always agree. But anyway, I you know we could be here forever just talking about that. But I do think that this is a, is a good segue because um, this the again this past two weeks I've I've been off offline, but I did catch that 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 someone online uh, uh, an apologist of sorts <laughs> took one of my tweets and decided to do his red penning to it. So if you don't know, friends, there's an account called Red Pen Logic. His name is Tim Barnett. I've talked to Tim and Elisa Childers behind the scenes for up to, I think it was two hours. Went really well. Um, and Tim has this account, Red Pen Logic, and what he does is he takes tweets and people's statements. Usually they're all progressive leaning, and he like he like he he red pens them. So he kind of unpacks them and shows how wrong they are. So he took a sarcastic tweet of mine. And he he pulled it apart and did his red penning to it. And, you know, all the comments were like, yeah, th these new evangelicals are heretics. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> they don't know the Bible. And then, uh, Noah, did you get a chance to watch the video that I sent you ahead of time? I did, yeah. Okay. And then I, I found an, another video of Tim talking about how deconstructionists don't like apologists. Um, I want to play the video. I think I, I can share my sound and play it so it records it here. Because I think that... Um, I think it'd be good for us to hear because I have some thoughts about it, and I would like some thought. I would like your let's, thoughts as well, Noah. So let's do it. Yeah, let me see if I can get let's, this actually work. Let's though. red pen the red pen. Go <laughs> real meta with this thing. Yeah, real meta. All right, let me share my screen. Uh, let me find. Let's see. Uh, okay, here's the video. Where did I put it? Let me find it here. Uh, it's probably under saved. Okay, let me take a look. All right, here we go. So here's, it's like a minute clip. Here's what he says. Take a listen, friends. Hopefully this records right. The deconstructionist actually doesn't like the apologist. The apologist says, yes, ask your questions, and we would like to show you the answers. 
some of these answers have been around for centuries, okay? These are like, there's nothing, there's not a new question out there that hasn't been answered over the last number of, of years, you know? Thomas Aquinas addressed like 10,000 questions, okay? So questions aren't new. But they don't want you to end up in the answers that I would give or Greg Kokel would give. I'm all for asking questions, but they're asking questions for a very specific purpose. Jesus is the only way, gotta get rid of it. Your traditional view of sexuality, gotta go. The idea of hell, no, no, universalism. They're, they're kind of making an appeal for progressive Christianity, but the way you get there is through deconstruction. There we go. There it is. You what ready you to got, come Noah? to the altar yet? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got the little sappy pads going on in the background. Oh, so, I, you know, it's yeah, like yes. you're just being primed for... God, is that you? <laughs> so, no, I'll, I'll I'll give you the first response to this. I mean, all right, go for it. No, I'm, I'm saying I, I want to hear your oh, thoughts oh, on okay. it. Yeah, Uh-oh. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I disagree. First off, and and just to clarify this from what I said earlier, I don't think that the quote unquote deconstructionist and the apologist are set at odds with one another. But I think it's the kind of relationship that some that maybe some in the either one of those communities come with kind of aggression and particularly in, in the apologist camp, I think that that, that quest for certainty and it's everything that we just said, you know, sometimes is, is unhelpful because he's saying that, yes, we have the answers. There's no new questions. Sure. You know, but, and even that we could, we could go back exactly. and forth on that one. Right. Yes, so I'm right. like, I'm, I'm, I'm right. tripping myself up here, but no, you're good. You're good. Even, even if that was true, the fact that we have answers to those questions, the fact that he says, you know, Aquinas answered all of these questions, sure. But then read read the um, the contemporaries of Aquinas, and did they agree with him? No. You know, if every right. every one of these people that we point to is say we they have the answers, or you know, Augustine or um, Gregory of Nyssa or, or whoever. You know, it doesn't. It's regardless of the tradition. I'm not going after specifically the Western or the Eastern or any of these things. Right. But right. That, right. That to say that. This is not a univocal conversation, and the way that this plays out in church history isn't that there's the one person that is the orthodox person. Anybody that disagrees with them is the heretics. You know, these are these are conversations that are happening, and they have splits, they have divisions, but there is so much more unity than what's being presented here in this video. And even more than that, kind of the, the duality of, of the statements that he's making here where, like, Jesus can't be the only way, you know, rejecting hell is universalism, these kind of things that are just straw man arguments honestly that that don't actually reflect you know the views of just about anybody in my life i know that would consider themselves deconstructing yeah well it's interesting because first i should say the other day i was i had some free time so i put on a debate between a protestant and an eastern orthodox uh priest and and the question was um why is the eastern orthodox church the only true church Okay, because mm. Eastern Orthodox, this priest like sees it that way. Like the only true sure. church is to be, or is the Eastern Orthodox Church. Yeah, um, I keep hitting my microphone here. I keep making that <laughs> dumb rattling sound. Um, and they had a whole debate on it. And this this priest is convinced that anyone outside of the Orthodox Church is is a heretic and yep. is outside of salvation. Now, obviously. Tim Barnett here, Red Pen Logic, would not agree with that. Sure. Any Protestant wouldn't agree with that. I wouldn't agree with that. But this priest, and he made his points, you know, he made his arguments, is convinced that the Orthodox Church is the only true church. And then the Catholic Church says the same thing, mm-hmm. you know? And so sure. that and, and that's the point, isn't it? It's like they're all trying to make these absolute well, not all, but many of them make these very broad, absolute claims, and they all fight about who's really right. And it's like th- that kind of disproves your 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 whole thesis right away. Like somehow there are only there's only one set of answers to all of these questions. That isn't yeah. the case. The church has given a multiplicity of answers to these questions. Yeah. I think what Tim is really saying is that because we reject his answers, because we we we, we reject modern evangelical apologetics 
answers. Therefore, we're outside of what they call Orthodox Christianity. But sure. what I say is like, I don't know. I think I'm just outside of your own bubble is what I am. Right. I mean, yeah. and, and, and two examples I wanted to bring up about this. He, he mentions, you know, uh, Jesus being the only way, uh, traditional sexuality and hell. Those are the three big ones that he points yeah. to. Um, I, I want to address hell and uh, sexuality because the sexuality one, that one, honestly, that one cracks me up because I, I think you and I have talked about this, but up until the 1930s, the church, like universally, Protestant and all, condemned birth control. Like it, it was not a thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, Martin Luther calls people who use birth control sodomites. That's like his yeah. language for it. And yeah. so it's like, you know, Tim. You know, I'm curious, like, like the church until like 80 years ago viewed a traditional sexual ethic as, you know, between one man and one wife, but also for procreation only, you know, do you hold to that view? And he would probably say no, and he'd probably give me his arguments, but it's interesting that like someone like Tim would probably have no problem saying, listen, you're going against what the church has agreed upon for thousands of years. But when it comes to his standards, he has no problem mm-hmm. doing that, right? He has yep. no problem saying, well, birth control, you know, the the the, the interpretation is faulty in the Bible and or, or however he wants to frame it. And by the way, I would agree with him. Like I, I, I'm for sure, using contraceptives, yeah. you know, but it's just interesting. And the other part is hell, which of course we just talked about. But sure. again, like just because someone rejects eternal conscious torment and embraces universal reconciliation does not mean that they're not a Christian. Like that is right. a significant portion, we can say, of the early church, right? The first couple hundred years of the, of the Absolutely, church. Absolutely, yeah. That, that was at least a, 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 a competing view of how things worked out. So yeah. I just find it so, I don't know. I, I don't think, listen, like, like I said, I've talked to Tim. I talked to Alyssa Childers. They were very polite. They were pleasant. We had a great dialogue. I said, let's do this again. I really enjoy having these, like, you know, friendly debates. Like, I enjoy them. But I just find so much of their rhetoric just that. It's rhetoric. And it just it drives yeah. me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's the the thing that's concerning for me is the rhetoric is is just good enough to fuel complacency. Uh, and that's been that was my experience with it growing up. Uh, and it's it's heartbreaking, you know, when you read the comment sections on some of these videos. Oh, I know. There's just like I'm I'm just like searching through like dying for for nuance. I'm not looking for people to defend my position. I'm just looking for people to say, hey, maybe there's more nuance here, you know. And um, it's it's just inf- unfortunate that I I think the the end result of of that culture that's being created is is just a lack of nuance. In general, in our theology, in our faith, in our worldviews, it's very, very binary thinking. And I that that's my biggest concern with it more than anything else. And it's not like um, he made a comment in the video like, oh, they wouldn't want wouldn't want you to believe what I believe. Listen, like I'm I'm totally OK with you believing what Red Pen Logic believes theologically. I'm just saying that I, I think that it's important that that's approached with a kind of humility that doesn't discount the faith of somebody else because they're engaging with the ancient faith and the text in a little bit of a different way that you are, which is so perfectly orthodox in the grand scheme of church history. <laughs> I know. Okay, so yeah. let's go to like what the 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 the, the tweet that he read penned. So I tweeted let's out a couple, however long ago, a week ago. I said, concubines, teenage marriage, sleeping with your daughter-in-law <laughs> as you mistake her for a prostitute, dot, dot, dot. The biblical sexual ethic. <laughs> Obviously, this is a, is a sarcastic tweet pointing out that, you know, anyone can make the Bible say anything when it comes to the sexual ethic. Like, it's all in there, yeah. you know? And, of course, he, you know, Hermeneutics 101, the Bible doesn't prescribe everything it describes, and he gives all these examples. I'm like, of course, Tim, like, of course, I, I understand that, you know? Like, I yeah. get that. The point was, what the whole point, you're kind of proving it, is, is that, yes, we have to be careful when we use terms like biblical sexual ethic because that yeah. it really is pretty wide regarding you know what we're actually talking about and some of these comments man they, they crack me up one would think this should be common sense oh geez if people would only read the whole chapter not the verse they would understand this never trust a christian page that has the word new in it as christians we're already <laughs> made new in jesus so why do i have to be new new ha 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 oh my god it's it's just i and the problem is is that I'll see these, you know, like, oh, here's another one. That's one of the most ignorant hot takes I've seen. And it has, like, you know, 20 likes under it. And I'll see that, and I'm like, oh, I have to prove that, like, you know, <laughs> I'm just being misunderstood. But honestly, right. it's a fool's errand. Like, I'm not going to convince anyone at yeah. all in those comments that, oh, 
you know, the point was just that we should be more nuanced and be, you know, maybe think about the words that we use and that the term biblical can mean sure. anything. No, it's all, it's all, you know, it's, it's out the window. And you're yeah. right, Noah, it, it kind of, it frustrates me because it fuels this like black and white binary. And I don't want to sound judgy because I've been, I've had these, I've had this mentality before. Yeah, me I get it. But like, it is just, it's a combination for me at this point of ignorance and just pride, you know, like, and I, I think that, I don't think that people see it that way, but you know, when you really unpack what they're saying, it, what they're saying is that like, oh, we have the only answer to absolute truth. Like we do. We yeah. American Westerners through a, a reformed evangelical lens in 2022, you know, have the only way to see this. And we're going to use words like orthodox or Christian tradition whenever it's convenient to prove that we're standing on solid ground. And whenever we're actually borrowing from the culture, you know, whenever whenever we're going to borrow from, from modernism or we're going to borrow from, you know, uh, modern sexual ethics like. Uh, contraceptives, then we'll just, we won't say anything about that. You know, we'll just kind of leave that alone. And that's like my, probably my, that's probably my, my biggest beef with these kinds of like hot takes and accounts is that I would have so much more respect for people. If they said, listen, we understand that there are other ways to see this. We just happen to land here. But instead they paint a picture of like, no, we have arrived and until you get to where we are, yeah. you are just outside the bounds of evangelicalism or out of Christianity. It's like, man, that is just a load of bullshit. I'm sorry. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's a load of malarkey, man. It's yeah. just not true. And that's, I think, what frustrates me the most out of all of this. I'm not saying you can't have views I don't like. I, I get that. Absolutely. But, but it's, it's the level of, whoa, we're standing on God's word. Oh, we're standing on the truth of the Bible. Oh, this is historic Christianity. It's like, <laughs> oh, man. It's just not, it's, again, it's not that black and white. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Well, I'm glad you agree, Noah. That's yeah. why I have you on the show. <laughs> just to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes before we record, him. Noah, just say yes to everything I say or else. All right. So this restaurant is the hottest ticket in town. An incredible 12 course meal made from fresh, locally sourced ingredients. And now for your ninth and final course. Uh, did they forget the last three? When you don't get what you pay for, you can feel a little forgotten. A recent lab study found most top CBD brands contain as little as 60% of what their labels claim. Upgrade your CBD to 100% with Nextevo Naturals. Go to nextevo.com upgrade 20. When it comes to clothes, it's great to have options. But having pieces that you can wear anywhere is a must for everybody. That's why American Giant makes clothing that fits into your life seamlessly, with quality you have to feel to believe. And with an impressive selection of staples to choose from, there's something for everyone. So whether you're on the hunt for the perfect t-shirt, a solid pair of jeans, or super soft sweatshirts, American Giant has what you're looking for. Each American Giant piece is designed to last and created with commitment to doing things better. And all their products are made right here in America. Because keeping things local ensures the kind of quality you'll feel and appreciate for years to come. Discover the American Giant difference today. Shop Wear Anywhere Closet Staples at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com, promo code WA23. Stigmas around mental health were designed to hold us down, but we don't have to let them. If you're struggling, text or call 988 to connect with a trained crisis counselor who won't judge, just listen. 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Hope has a new number. We have some other news that happened while I was away, and I'm going to try and unpack some of this, I think, you know, on Instagram at some point. Um, but there was a John MacArthur update, which I think is important to mention to everyone. So if you are not aware, John MacArthur and his church, they've had a big um, a, a big uh, story came out uh, by Julie Royce, pretty much exposing that John MacArthur and his elders protected um, 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 a man who was abusing his children, molesting them, and excommunicated the wife for wanting to leave her marriage. Um, and it was a whole thing. Well, more news has come out about this. And I mean, Noah, this is the stuff that like, again, when I, I, I here I am sitting on my couch. I, I'm not online. I'm on Twitter, though, because I have to do something. I'm seeing these sure. articles. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, should I just go make a TikTok video right now and just like <laughs> vent about this? I'm just so frustrated. So this is very... I think that I think that that these kinds of stories that we're going to share 
just continued to reinforce how deeply rooted some of this theology and mentality is uh, of misogyny that ends up hurting women. So Julia Royce released another article, quote, in the title, head of counseling at John MacArthur School says that wife should endure abuse like missionary endures persecution. And there are video clips of him saying this. And he pretty much says that, you know, if, if, if we're going to focus on protecting the body, then we have to apply that to everyone. What about missionaries who are being persecuted, you know, kind of thing. And it is just I mean, this is the head of counseling at John MacArthur School telling other no. counselors that ultimately, if a woman's being abused, your main priority is not getting her safe physically. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. How do people follow the, the, this man in this institution? Yeah. It blows my mind. How do we get to that point where we can justify dehumanizing people and, and just rejecting their pain for the, for the sake of a theological value, which is already you know, highly contested to say the very least. Right. I know. This is the stuff that honestly I go to bed thinking about. Like I yeah. go to sleep stewing about this in my head, enraged because again, we have to understand friends, John MacArthur, this is not like some, some, some small time, you know, pastor out in, in the middle of, of Arkansas or something. This is John MacArthur, the guy who maybe is one of the most influential pastors in my lifetime when it comes to yeah. evangelical culture. You yeah. know, he sold millions of books. He has his own commentary on the Bible, the whole nine. This is what his institutions are teaching. I mean, blatantly, it's on. Friends, if you go to julierroyce.com, you can see the video. It's all there. This is not, uh, we're, we're not twisting anything. The, 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 the head of the counseling, whatever his name is, um, John Street, he says that, that they are not primarily concerned about, about, about protecting the body. And it's like, wow, wow. It's, when you combine that with the story of, you know, John MacArthur and his team protecting the pedophile, um, you know, and, and, and casting out uh, his, his ex-wife for leaving her husband, you just go, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Where do we know. how do we even move forward from that? You know, how? Those are the kind of those are the questions that keep me up at night. Like where where, where does this end? What's the resolution here? How do we <laughs> what do right. we even do? Right. Right. Right, because, because I, yeah, God, you go, you go. Well, no, I'm I, ranting. Because I, I was talking about this the other night with my wife, and what I said was, I don't understand when this stuff comes out, why there aren't people, and, and I'm not inciting anything here, but I'm saying I don't understand why the church isn't out front of the doors with you know picket signs and pitchforks, like this is not okay, and we won't stand for it. And I'm not inciting violence there, but I'm just saying like. Why, why, how is this culturally accepted in this place? Like, how do we get to the point where there's this many believers that come together in a commitment to, to Christ likeness and we're able to just turn a blind eye to these things and to say it's okay or to justify it. And, and I've had friends that have been in situations like this at a very personal level that have shared stories like this in their local churches and things being covered up and just direct abuse. And right. it's, it's so frighteningly common. I know. I don't even. I don't even know. Like, it, it means that it's it's more than just the pastor. Then, it's it's the it's that these these entire uh, groups of people seeking to follow Jesus are are somehow ha have been have learned to be okay with this. I uh, and, and yeah. I'm trying to be really cautious with the way that I say that. But it just blows my mind. Like, I, I, I don't understand that. And, and I guess you get to a certain point with somebody in charismatic leadership where you learn to just kind of turn a blind eye to things. But, but I, I just don't see how you can turn a blind eye to something like this when it is so incredibly blatant and just allow it to continue to go on. And it's well documented. Like all yeah. the, everything is here. The videos are here. The articles are here. The legal filings are here. It's here. And I, I think you know. I, so what, what, what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to put this in my own mind. Like, okay, who's a theologian I really admire? Let's use mm -hmm. Tim Mackey from Bible Project. Sure. Let's say it comes Love out. Him. You know that Tim Mackey did this, right? Mm -hmm. What would my response be? Would there be something in me that's like, well, he's done so much good, though. Like, his theology right. has been so helpful. Right. You know, he's, he's helped me grow. And that's the only way I can yeah. I can try and even get inside the mind of someone who would, who would see the story of what John MacArthur yeah. uh, did and, and what his team did and then still say, well, yeah. he's, he's still done so much good. 
you know? And I think that just goes to show that all of us, including myself, you know, we can all sugarcoat things and twist things to, 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 to kind of make us, um, make things not as bad as they seem. Right. right? But it's also a good litmus test for us. Like, yeah, like we're not, maybe I'm prone to doing that. You know, like, like would, would I be as loud about Tim Mackey as I am about John MacArthur, right. if I'm being honest, right? Yeah. And I mean, thank God that as far as I know, you know, that yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no such thing is the but case, you know? We're, we're prone to see the good in people that have had a, an incredibly positive impact on our lives. Exactly. And I think that's the, the tricky thing in these situations is that you look at someone like John MacArthur and you see um, the the maybe the, the positive influence that that person has had on a person's faith or their life or some situation in their family that he helped them get through. And then your your loyalty is attached to that charismatic leader that person um more so than even maybe your community or or christ in some of these situations um the other crazy thing about this though is that while john macarthur has been totally silent about all of this no repentance no even acknowledgement in fact i think the only thing i've seen is one of his elders pretty much defending the church they are they're making a documentary Mm-hmm. Okay, Grace yeah. Community Church is making a documentary called The Essential Church. I'm going <laughs> to read to you all, audience, if you're listening, if you're driving, you might want to pull over. You might yeah. want to pull over on the side of the road, put the hazards on, you know, put the car in park. Just brace yourself because don't forget, <laughs> while while John MacArthur and his team have had all this news coming out about them, they, are, they have been totally silent. They, however are releasing a documentary. Here's the synopsis. <clears throat> I have to get my announcement <clears throat> voice here. When Grace Community Church faces state orders to shut down indefinitely because of the COVID-19 pandemic, they realize the state's attempt to replace Jesus Christ as the head of the church. This sets off a series of challenges leading to a surprising pathway forward, suing the government. This upcoming feature-length documentary explores the ancient struggle between the satanic world system and Christ's people through the story of Grace Community Church's legal battle, church history, and the church during worldwide lockdowns. I want to die. I, I just, why? I, I have no words. Like, I, I was just dumbfounded when I read that the first time. I, I mean, it, it, I, I don't know if we're going to post a video of, of this recording, but my, <laughs> my hands are moving around. I'm flapping yeah, yeah, like yeah. a bird. You know, I'm just so aggro. I, I don't understand. Like, this is, this is what – I don't have words for it yet. What Jesus, what gospel, what Bible are we reading? You know, like I just don't understand it. And 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 to not only did John MacArthur's church hide a COVID outbreak, by the way, they 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 buried really? one. Yes, wow. they, it's it's been documented. Look it up. Um, they they hit a, a COVID outbreak. They defied all the you know COVID restriction lockdowns in the name of Jesus, which again terrible. Now they're making a documentary about it trying to make it seem like how they're in a battle with the satanic world government, you know? Oh, I don't know, the CDC and, like, health restrictions during a freaking pandemic that has killed literally almost now a million Americans? Yeah. I mean, co- like, what what world am I living in, Noah? I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. <laughs> I'm having all the same reactions. SOS. And the, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the um, the language that struck me even more than that than the than the topic, the direct topic, was this this very very direct us and them. It's us against Satan. It's us against the the world order. Am I? I don't want to misquote. There was some uh, there was some language of yeah, a world. Uh, um, hold on, it's the ancient struggle between the satanic yeah. world system. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And Christ people. Like I just don't know how to process that because when when you've set up that level of and we keep talking about the binary, that is as far as the binary freaking goes, right? It is like it is us it, it is us Jesus, you know, versus everybody else. Just our little community is Jesus in this scenario and everybody else is out to get us. And that's like like I'm reading through Jesus and John Wayne right now, and this oh. is like, the, yeah, this is just the whole book. All I'm just seeing it unfold before my eyes again, right? I know this whole like we have to set up this this thing where we have to demonize the other, we have to to Satanize. I don't know whatever word there. We have to <laughs> we have to make the other person 
as evil as we possibly can so we can look as much like Jesus as we possibly can so we can justify doing whatever bullshit we want to do. Right. Right, and, and this Jesus wears a uh, wears you know he has his shotgun around his chest and he has his his <laughs> right. his his sword in his I don't know his belt and he has he has yeah, a yeah. hidden knife somewhere in his sock like he's ready to kill, you yeah, know yeah. like like this is the Jesus that like the, this Jesus fights this Jesus is really honestly it's self centering that's what it is to me in it's my like, view it's a self centered gospel you know and and I I listen people are gonna get mad at me but I'm gonna say it. What this is, in my view, this is what happens when you believe that you are predestined from the foundations of the world, you know, and that you were chosen by God to be like the blessing to the world, blessing, quote unquote, and that and that everyone else is just is, is totally depraved and wicked and evil and, and and only hates God and therefore hates you. I mean that this is this is why, in my view, theology oftentimes very much matters and has yeah. real world implications. I'm not saying every piece of theology is 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 this black or white, you know, binary. Sure, of course yeah. not. But there are definitely certain belief systems in Christendom that that lead to really unhealthy outcomes. And in my view, this is one of them. This yeah. is one of them. You're telling me John MacArthur never thought, wow, I guess God really does like me. I mean, after all, I've been chosen for the foundation of the freaking world. I mean, that's that's what he believes. And and it, it creates this, like you said, Noah, it creates this this othering, right? Where we're not all now we're not all made in God's image. You know, or maybe we are, but I'm really, I'm redeemed in God's image. So I'm, I'm extra special. And it creates this really weird hierarchy, but, uh, duh. And people are going to eat this up. That's mm -hmm. what's so frustrating. People because eat it up. We have this, like, you know, you can, if you read like uh, Jonathan Hyatt, like the righteous mind and some of this analysis, like it's, it's almost biological in us to need to figure out who's the threat and who's the, in a very primal sense, like. Who, who is my friend and who's my enemy? And this kind of language just capitalizes on something deep within us and just, frankly, I think abuses that as a power play so that we can't even see the humanity and the people around us anymore. And that's what yeah. terrifies me about this is that same. I, I just see the I see that as the end result and I just see it over the course of history over and over and over again. And I'm not saying that they're going to be out there causing the next Spanish Inquisition, but I'm just saying like this is how these things begin. Right. Totally. This is where violence, this is where violence and harm comes from, whether it's physical or whether it's another form of violence. This othering, this dehumanizing can only end in that. And, and I really believe that. And again, it's it's like what you said, our theology, our theology matters in that sense of like how we view God will reflect the way that we live our lives. If we believe God is, you know, compassionate. Or if compassion is some kind of gateway drug to liberalism right. or something, right. right? Right. Or like feminism. I don't know. You right. Know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So it's well, it, it's scary stuff. The the and, language just yeah. terrifies me. What I wrestle with often is how do we as new evangelicals, you know, take a stand for something, right? Mm -hmm. How how do we resist this? But also like how do we like not participate in that cycle. Like I, yeah. I, I, I'm almost stuck between two binaries in my own mind where it's mm -hmm. like either I, we engage this all the time. We fight like hell and we fight back hard. Right. Or we just say, you know what? Leave them to their own thing. Let's just start our own. Let, let's just push in this direction. And I sure. think like, depending on, on what kind of person follows us, I get both of those. Right, I'll get someone who's like, "Hey, man, you know, like, what are you really for? Like, you know, you're not positive enough." And I'm like, "I get what you're saying. What you're saying is like, can we build something new together?" Right? I, yeah. I get that. Then I hear people who are like, "Your voice is so needed. Like, thank you for like saying things that I just don't have words yeah. to say, or like, thank you for standing up to like that church because I was abused by them." I'm like, "Yes, absolutely." Yeah. And, I, and honestly, I, I think that like long term right it's both and and i yeah. think that 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 it's it's pretty easy for me just to say hey this is bullshit because i because we're a part yeah. of it and it it's harder to to think about like what's next as far as an institution goes yeah. because it's so kind of in, in in our in our cultural context it's so uncharted you know like, i mean what we're talking about here is is trying to reimagine this evangelical church thing but also like not trying to bring any of that baggage into whatever mm -hmm. we do next. 
Right. right but also we we're not but also we're not a church. We're really online and that's new in the in the, in the grand scheme of human history, Noah, right? Yeah. We're like we're like maybe 20 years in tops to this online social experiment, right? So this is yeah. all so much of this is so new as a human uh, for humans as a species. Yeah. And so I I and I think that's why like I'm sure for some people they're frustrated by like our account, right? Like, like they want, yeah. well, what's next? What do you do? And the answer is, I'm not quite sure yet, and I'm and I'm not going to rush to create another quote unquote solution right. that 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 brings in the same, um, you know, toxicity of 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 all I've ever known, which is white right. evangelical culture, right? We we don't want to just create the new fundamentalism to move along to. Right, right, and also yeah. like I would like more community input. Like I don't, I, yeah. I, I, you know, you and I talk about about this a lot behind the scenes. I talk about about it with the team, but like this is not the Tim show. You know, like ultimately the goal of New Evangelicals is to have a staff of people who we can pay who can co-run this thing equally. You know, sure. right now for finances and just for time's sake, I do a lot of the of of of, of the public stuff. I get that, yeah. but that is not the goal. You know, the goal is not to have. Tim, the brand of Tim running new evangelicals, right? Like we have to be a community focused thing, a village thing, if you will, not, not, not a, a brand or a celebrity oriented thing, but this is still new. Like we're only a year in, we just got our nonprofit status like a week ago, yeah. you know? So like we're, this is still so, it, it's, it's, it's a little embryo. It's still in the womb, really, you know, it's still, yeah. it's still in their foreman. So I mean I think that's why I I, I whenever I, I hear that feedback I think I hear you I really do, but I, but we're so used to having the answers right away right we're mm-hmm. so used to hearing what's next both in our culture and and in our church culture that I think for some people it's so jarring to be like well we're not quite sure yet and I'm gonna be honest about that yeah. like I don't have a vision from God I didn't wake up with some new slogan for 2022 you know that's yeah. just not how it is and I and I'm not gonna bullshit you into thinking like you know there is some master 35 year plan you know yeah. where it's like okay one village two towns Take over the world four cities 50 the states new, 10 years new, you know you've got like a song Brian Johnson vision like I'm gonna yeah. take over the world with my church. No, exactly. You know, that is that is yeah. to- that is totally right. And and I think again because we're trying to leave these toxic evangelical circles, that doesn't mean that like it's still out of our system yet, right? Mm-hmm. So we default to what we know. So okay, well Tim, like if you're the new thing, what's next? Like oh. oh, oh. That's yeah. that's not what we're trying to do here. This is not the new hill song. Go right. <laughs> vomit. Yeah, you right. Know, Throw up in your mouth after that. <laughs> right. But does that make sense, Noah? Like what, what I'm trying to say in so many words. Absolutely, yeah. And it, it is such a difficult balance of that. And, and I struggle with this in my own life too, even outside of the new evangelicals of like, how do we critique the thing that we've been given without without doing like I, I don't want to become the thing that I just shared concern about with John MacArthur's post, right? I don't right. want to create this new us and them either and this new fundamentalism where I'm always right and those people over there, be that the evangelical church or this or that is always wrong. Like right, right. that's that's not, you know, the desire that I have. And and I think we all have this inclination as humans, again, like I I'd say that that's sort of like a primal thing within us. That that we just naturally incline to that in some ways. Um so finding that balance is so hard. And that's why I think sharing people's stories is so important. I agree. And that's why I love that that's so much of a focus of what we do is because it takes the emphasis off of just these big tent things and more like, here's how the words we use, the, the culture we create, all of these things affect each of us individually in these incredibly unique and diverse ways. And like, what does it mean to be faithful and responsible to that as a community that is, you know, focused on Jesus and what it means to live like Jesus lived, right? And love like Jesus loved. Holding space for people's stories is a core of, of what we have to always do in some yeah. way, shape, or form. You know, yeah. right now we do most of it on Instagram. Um, you know, we're working on other things that we can't announce yet, but hopefully we'll, we can announce soon. But but that has got to be a core because honestly, the elevating and holding space for people's stories, it really that's what 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 keeps that that celebrity culture mm-hmm. at bay, you know? Because yeah. it's not it's not every day. It's not my story every day. It's not it's right. not my life every day, right? It's, it's the community's life right. most of the time, right? And so that I think is what helps so much with this. Like I see myself, and I see a lot of like what we do, even as volunteers and people who work with us, as like tour guides. 
right? Yeah. I'm just a tour guide. And honestly, I'm a pretty shitty one sometimes. Like my theology <laughs> is not super wide, right? So I sure, need other yeah. tour guides to help me out here because yeah. I'm not the best tour guide for some things. You want to talk about Christian nationalism? I'm your tour guide. You know, no problem. You want to talk about Eastern Orthodoxy? I'm not your tour guide. But sure, yeah. we can find you a tour guide because I want to go on that tour too. I want to explore with everyone. Like this is very much my own journey as well. You yeah. know, like there, it's I'm, I'm ask my wife. She'll tell you I'm not a guru. Thank God. You know, and I'm cer- certainly not not claiming to be one. But yeah. I love that. You know, the analogy we use is we are in a house and we've walked out of that basement out of evangelicalism, yeah. right? And we we want to be that first room you walk into where we say, "Look, you're safe." Like you walked out, mm-hmm. you were scared. People told you if you leave the basement, you're out of the Christian tradition. But look, yeah. you're in another room and you're safe here, and you can hang here as long as you want. And we'll 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 talk back to the people in the basement who are yelling up mm-hmm. here. We'll take care of them. But also, we go on these tours to explore right. the other parts of the house. Do you want to join? That's what I see so much of the work that we do. You know, and that yeah. kind of incorporates the theology, the holding space for stories, the 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 holding the evangelical church accountable. That's kind of how I thread that needle by having that house analogy, you know. Yeah. And and that really helps me, I think. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see where all this goes. I'm I'm loving it though. It's 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 quite yeah. the ride. <laughs> me too, man. It's it's just such a meaningful part of my life. And and kind of the same thing, as I said, about a couple of weeks ago when I was doing that hell series. I went into it thinking, oh, I've got all this stuff I want to share. But then at the end of the week, I was actually so much more concerned with just like, I just want to hear other people talk. Right. You know, like it totally, right. it, it took me back like six pegs, you know, yeah, like on yeah. day one, because yeah. it, I realized like this is so much bigger than any, than my ideas. This is so much bigger than any of these things because this is a this is a community these are diverse stories and and like we shared the we shared the stories of people that came around to the other side and were like yeah i'm still convinced that hell is you know eternal conscious torment and fire and all that and we shared that too you know and and i got some comments oh i know saying, i got some dms like, i saw they were like ah, i don't want to see that why are we platforming that and i'm like i i think we have to realize this is a bigger conversation and i don't i don't want to totally. ever take that away again Totally. I want to hold space for that and for people's journeys and more than the conclusions that I come to, you know? That's right. Because That's right. again, I, I don't want the new fundamentalism. I just want the the humility to like, let's engage with this thing together and let's tell our stories and kind of figure it out as a community that's yeah. centered on Jesus and not our ideology of, right. you know, right. of Western this or right. American this or whatever, you know? I agree. Wow. So what do you think, Noah? Do you think we should do this more often? This is fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's make this a regular thing, man. I this is awesome. Be, I, I think like a monthly thing could be good. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I like yeah. being able to do the commentary because so much of this stuff, Yeah. I just feel like, and again, like the red pen logic or these like, it, we can go on all day and like, you know, retweet people and, and debate in comment sections. But right. I think that just having some more nuanced, honest conversations about like, what does this look like? How do we handle some of this stuff as it comes up? And you know, right. how do we continue to pursue this vision without? Yes. You know. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're. I don't, I don't mean to cut you off. You're totally. <laughs> no, correct. no, you're good. You're totally correct because you know. Listen, I see what Nathan Finocchio says in the stories, and all I want to do is sure. screenshot it and, and share it somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, this yeah. is, and, but then I think like this isn't going to do any good. Like I'm yeah. not going to change Nathan's mind by 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 like sh- screenshotting him and saying, hey, this is this is garbage. You know. Right. And yeah. so I think that like having a space where I know once a month you and I can get on and kind of process some of the stuff that I've been thinking about or or the things that that you've been thinking about out loud on the podcast platform that isn't like, oh, we have a special guest that's kind of, you know, the spotlight's sure. all on that person. Also, I mean, we're like 20 episodes backlogged with guests. <laughs> so, And I have so many more I'm working on. Oh, yeah. I'm working on getting a rabbi on the show because I have wow. so many questions about about Judaism, like more mm-hmm. than ever, and how we're linked to that. And like also how do we how do we respect that tradition without being yeah. anti-Semitic? So right. I'm working on that interview. I'm working on an interview with um, Andrew uh, – I think his name is Seidel. He is okay. uh, a lawyer for Americans United uh, about like you know religious wow. freedom or freedom from religion. So I'm working on like some getting some great, you know, next guests on the show, but we just yeah. have so many. I still have to release our Kristen Dumay episode. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I gotta look. I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna show the audience all of we're, our cards. We're Hold getting on. a sneak peek here into the future. Uh, let me load up here because it's been a little <laughs> bit. Our episodes to release, so I still have to release. All right, Brandon Robertson. Uh, we did Adam Ooh. Clark already. We you did Dante mm-hmm. Stewart. That's great. Yep. 
Um, I loved oh, that episode. If anybody hasn't listened one. to that yet, my God, yeah. that was amazing. I have an interview with Lisa Sharon Harper that still has to come out with Kristen Dumay, Preston Sprinkle. Uh, I have another interview with Sheila Gregor that I did with her husband. I also interviewed April, who's the TikTok sensation, April Wright. She's hilarious. Amazing. So I have like seven or eight more episodes to release on top of like the next guests I've already booked. So I think that like we're, we're it's great to have all these guests, but having this like once or maybe we do a bonus episode. I'm not sure. But I think having this out there once a month, like a, a snapshot in time and our commentary on it is very helpful for me. Hopefully it's yeah. helpful for the audience. So Hope audience, so. if you're listening to this, please let us know if it's helpful. Because yeah. if not, we'll just talk privately and not record this conversation. <laughs> cool. No, no well, good, any, man. Uh, I'm happy to be here. And, and, happy and, to be a part of it. Any final thoughts? Just – um. If anybody is listening to this podcast here, I'll just do my little plug here. If anybody's listening to this podcast and you're not a part of the Instagram community, I look, I've got a weird relationship with social media too, and that can be a toxic environment, but this is probably one of the most meaningful and healthy places I can go in my daily life to find some community and to just kind of broaden my perspective on a lot of things. So if you're one of the people that just found this podcast and you don't know about that, check it out. There's that's my plug. That's what I'm going to say at the end because sweet, it's been good for me. So awesome. Well, I don't think I don't think I'm going to do an intro for this. I think I'll I'll, I'll let it just play kind of right cool. in. So yep. I'll do the closing here. I guess. I mean, this is so professional. No yeah, edits. Yeah. You know, we're all just live <laughs> in the moment. But hey, friends, listen. First off, it's great to be back. I did. I truly missed you know being a part of the community for two weeks. But my wife and our new son Harper, they're doing really well, and it was nice to have some time with them for sure. Um, yeah, you know, thanks for being here. Like we said, um, we do a lot of things that are not just podcasts. We do the Instagram and Facebook community. There's a map online, newevangelicals.com that you can engage with, but it's good to be back. And I'm looking forward to, to what we're talking about in the upcoming weeks, both on podcasts and on social media. If you like our podcast, could you please give us a review? It'd be so helpful. It helps us out in search engine optimization or what what all the fancy people call SEO. <laughs> See, I know my terminology, Noah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a yeah. pro. I'm a pro. The algorithm. Um, also, we are officially a nonprofit. We have, I'm holding the letter in my hand from the IRS. It's right here that says we are a nonprofit, which means anything that you donate to us is now tax deductible for you. So if you want to support what the work that we do, that would be so great because we are totally crowdfunded. We don't do anything behind paywalls intentionally because we know that people are hurting, people feel lost, and we don't want to ever feel like we're charging people for help uh, behind a paywall. So we just trust the community to chip in whenever they can to cover all of our, our, our costs. And so far they have them, which is amazing. We are humbled and honored uh, to have people who support us monthly. So if you want to help us out, you can click our link in our show notes. All right. I think that's all I got, Noah. Until next time, yeah. talk to you all later on. Sounds good. <laughs>